It's another Manly Monday, and this Manly, Manly Monday, uh, yes, we are conquering, dun, 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 are you sexist? Uh, but first, uh, I have launched the GoFundMe for the Manly Mondays Socializing and Skills Network for Men. Uh, this will start in the fall. We're fundraising for uh, startup funds, and then I don't, depending on how well it does, we'll sort of bump it. I have no idea how this is going to go. I'm starting it with uh, based on need and interest and so on and so forth. But we want these, if there's going to be a Discord server. Yes, I'm finally getting a Discord server. Uh, um, and uh, Zoom groups for various things. We're going to be starting in the fall uh, we're fundraising now. Uh, I know there's a bunch of stuff now I do with the channel support, but, um, it all goes to very specific places and I'm going to have to get Eileen to redo this one again. Cause now we're going to have the ongoing GoFundMe. If you want to support me just overall in everything I do, that's Patreon. Patreon gets the uh, weekly updates. One of the things patrons got last week was the text of the, um, the GoFundMe page so they could have their say before it went live. Uh, so patreon.com slash Leanna K for general support. If you want to donate directly to subsidize one-on-one sessions, for people through Leanna Cares, uh, coffee.com slash Leanna K. We have six people who use subsidized services. I prefer to do that every other week. We've had to slow down a bit because the funding, it's summer and inflation is a thing. Um, but if you want to support the online men's groups, that's what the GoFundMe is for. Why do I have so many sources? Because I want people to know exactly where their money is going. Let's move on. Okay, so this uh, uh, link in the description box for the GoFundMe. Um, but this is inspired. I, I had this, I have a list of topics that it's like, okay, I'm going to write them down and I'm going to bang through them as I do them. But this, I decided to do this topic now because of the... Um, of, a, of an exchange, I will say, I had over the weekend where a guy was picking on someone who I know life has been not, life has not been fair to this guy and somebody was picking on them and I hate bullies and I saw what the guy said and I was like, oh, hell no, now you get me. Because he, he was somebody who agrees with Andrew Tate. And he insisted that depression isn't real. And you you just make excuses if you say you have a mental illness or depression. And and uh, all you have to do is like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right? Do the work. Stop. I own personal experience, trust me, thinking yourself well does not work in that way. You have to work with the baseline that you have, but that's a Wellness Wednesday video. This video is because when he got me, the minute the guy started flailing, 
he went to the most basic Becky dime store sexism. Uh, within two tweets, it was sh boys are talking. Boys. At least he's honest about his own mental and emotional maturity. But then when another guy jumped in to agree that the guy was spewing bullshit and that, oh, oh, I, I talked about my own personal history and the guy said that if I ever had thoughts of suicide that I must not be a very deep thinker. Um, fun fact, intelligent people are actually more likely to suffer from depression than average. But uh, that was something the guy dismissed as dribble. D-R-I-B-B-L-L-E-L-E, -L -L -E, not drivel, uh, D-R-I-V-E-L. I am terrible at spelling out loud. That has always been a, my brain breaks. But yeah, dribble, like the basketball or drooling, not drivel, a.k.a. nonsense. So this, this other guy jumped in and said, like, basically, dude, you're wrong. And he made some comment about the guy uh, throwing money at my OnlyFans. I don't have an OnlyFans. The idea that anybody would assume I have an OnlyFans is weird. And even if I did, so the fuck what? Um, why is it weird? It's just weird to me. I'm not saying... I know there's people my age who do OnlyFans. I know... I know, I know, I know. And I am good with OnlyFans personally. I am, I understand why OnlyFans make some people uncomfortable. Um, I think there are people who do um, ethical OnlyFans. I think there are people who are exploiting people for money. But OnlyFans in itself, I have no problem with. But the fact that the guy was throwing that at me is very clearly about my gender and he made other little comments all along and this guy was just like i said basic becky sexist but sexism gets thrown around too many places where it doesn't belong so how do you know if you're sexist well i had to define a definition of sexism define a definition go liana uh for my web series lady bits because the dictionary definition of sexism is shitty. It's discrimination on the basis of sex. So it tells you nothing. And I had to sit and I had to think about it. It's like, okay, how do I define sexism? Sexism, and I have used this definition at the post-secondary level in lectures and it's worked quite well. Um, sexism is ideas or behaviors that perpetuate the dominance of one gender over other genders. And um, so basically, if somebody is just, if they hate everybody, and so they're nasty to everybody, and the person they're being nasty to is a woman, well, that's not sexism, right? They're, they're assholes to everybody. It doesn't matter if somebody's a dick. It doesn't matter if somebody's a jerk. The problem is if it somehow either creates unnatural gatekeeping for one gender or another, 
or it perpetuates the dominance. And I, I say perpetuates because it's very difficult to create dominance as an individual. These comments like the boys are talking, like the OnlyFans thing, it plays into pre-existing structures. So for instance, uh, treating a guy who is an early childhood educator or kindergarten teacher like a presumed sex pest is just as sexist as um, the various and myriad comments keeping women down. Uh, and and yes, I did say that that uh, you know, male educators, especially in the early grades, are subject to sexism because it's treated as weird that a guy would want to work with young, like like what we what we what is actually a child under the age of twelve. That's seen as weird or aberrant or worse, deviant behavior. And those jobs tend to be lower paid and they're the caring professions. And so men who choose to pursue them are subject to some pretty hostile sexism in those. That is sexism. That That is. That is suggesting there is something wrong with a guy who chooses to do that. And, you know, long term, that's perpetuating gender roles that have some pretty nasty outcomes. But then you get into this idea of benevolent sexism, and that's the one that is harder to spot. And I deal with this a lot in Lady Bits. I personally believe that it's benevolent sexism that causes way more damage in, in our modern culture because hostile sexism, most people see that for what it is. I mean, this dude that was hassling the the really good guy, I jumped into support because, inner Kratos, I actually called the guy boy at one point. <laughs> the, guy, the guy he was picking on and I were DMing, I said, that was oddly satisfying. He's like, yeah, I could tell. Um, and I know that's a charged thing. In the U.S. South, but based on that guy's uh, time zone, he's not living in the U.S. South. It was um, 2.30 in the morning for him when it was 1.30 p.m. here. Uh, so there you go. Uh, but it was it was just this instinct kicks in with me where I feel the need to go because I see red with bullies. I cannot abide them. I will blow myself up to make them suffer. Because in those cases, it doesn't matter what happens to me. What matters is the person that is on the receiving end of the attempted bullying feels supported. And there's different ways to do that. Mine is just very blunt instrument. Um, love it or leave it with me. Uh, if somebody asked me to stop, I would, obviously, but this is just my inclination. But it's the benevolence. Oh, yeah. So this guy said he didn't have the money for his kids to put him in a nursing home, which why why he would be telling other people how to live their lives. There you go. 
but that's neither here nor there. I just find it funny. Benevolent sexism is far more insidious. And the reason it's called benevolent sexism and, and together hostile sexism and benevolent sexism make up what's called ambivalent sexism. And these are not my terms. These are the ambivalent sexism inventory is a test you can take online. I don't like the terms because there's nothing benevolent about benevolent sexism. I get that the term is kind of a nudge wink, but what it means is it's opinions that seem to benefit women in the short term, but actually have a boomerang effect that smacks, you know, uh, women in the face long term because it's that idea of um, the the you know boys will be boys thing women are naturally caring every woman wants to be a mother women are morally superior to men men are just naturally aggressive and want to sleep with everything that moves and women should just keep their fucking legs closed and what they found is that people who hold benevolently sexist views, this is my language coming, are the biggest assholes on the planet when something terrible happens. So the likelihood that somebody would not believe a, a sexual assault victim or believe that she had it coming somehow and that, you know, men are never victims of sexual assault. People who are more likely to believe those statements rank higher in benevolent sexism than those who believe, you know, no, no one ever has it coming. No, we should generally give victims benefit of the doubt. Uh, people who people who claim to be victims, right? Benefit of the doubt. Um, and yes, men can be victims of sexual assault too. That's the problem with benevolent sexism, right? And again, for people who are just seeing my content for the first time, thanks to the YouTube algorithm, I don't believe in this idea that sexism only affects women, even though in terms of, you know, the patriarchal history of the Western world and other places, you know, women were the ones that were, were barred from owning property. Uh, women were the ones that couldn't vote, so on and so forth. I think that anything that creates an artificial imbalance ends up hurting both people because for all the opportunities opportunities at work, women are denied. A workplace that does that is also going to expect men to work themselves to death. So there is a reason for everyone to be invested in solving these problems because even though it more obviously affects women it affects everyone this stuff is not healthy period end of story and getting back to benevolent sexism it's things like like i said women are more moral or virtuous than men it's not true and the problem with that idea what's wrong with that that should benefit women right right you'd think that but what they actually find is that it hurts women in positions of leadership, women running for public office, because there's a, a morality advantage 
until a woman does anything that's even remotely a moral gray area. And the minute a woman does something that isn't absolutely angelic and gender typical, you go from having an advantage to having a deficit. Whereas men, because men are not assumed to have the moral high ground, are allowed to make more mistakes and, and, and be more sort of anti-hero profile. There's a reason there's very few female anti-heroes. You get a lot of femme fatales. Okay, less and less now. But historically, there have been plenty of female femme fatales. Well, femme, female. But you don't get that character as a protagonist. You don't get that Byronic heroine. Lara Croft is one of the few, and they fucked that up too. And that's the reason I'm mad at Tomb Raider, because that was important. The fact that Lara was mad, bad, and dangerous to know was important. Instead now, we get shit like The Last of Us 2, where Abby and Ellie and even Dina are just complete shit heels. Not, okay, they do some things that are coloring outside the lines. They do some things that are not conventionally moral. Certainly not nice, but you can understand where they're coming from. We need more stories like that. Because we need to show women making the hard decisions and suffering the consequences, not shit like Bo-Katan Kreese in Star Wars, who is a big reason that Mandalore fell. And even though the that's the case, everybody's bowing down to her. That is not the reality of being a woman leader. Trust me, I've been doing this since I was 19 years old. I will never forget the garbage I went through when I got promoted to senior producer when I was working in television. Because associate producer, right, there's, there's people you can, okay, if somebody questions something, you can, you can kick it up the chain and have somebody back you. But by the time you have a senior producer credit, you were expected to have some authority. I was really young. I started in TV when I was 19 years old. And so I was, I was older than 24 because I remember the guy who, I remember the, the guy who was seared in my brain forever was 24 and I was younger than him. But uh, it really sucked because you got these guys with fancy Ryerson degrees who came in thinking their shit didn't stink. And I had, I was four years on the job at that point, so I was a year younger than him. But he treated me like not just an equal, an underling. And I remember one time the guy was pissing me off because I couldn't get him to do fuck all. And he was just an intern. And I said, okay, I'm going to go over and I'm going to check on that. I'll be right back. And the guy said, do so. And I was like, hold up. <laughs> you, you do not speak to someone in a position of authority over you that 
way. Don't talk to anybody that way, but especially, you know, if an EP comes down here, executive producer, don't tell them do so when they're being nice to you. And this happened in comedy. I mean, comedy. Oh, God, stand up. Oh, wretched hive of scum and villainy. I mean, the Louis C.K. shit is widespread in stand-up comedy. Not so much anymore because the Louis C.K. thing before that shit broke. Oh, guys thought it was hilarious to expose themselves to female comics. Female producers, even more, because we didn't have the mic. And it just, I mean, that is not benevolent sexism. That is hostile sexism. But there was a well-known baby track, as they called it, in television, in Canadian TV at the time, where if you were of childbearing age and a straight woman, um, or a woman who dated men, you got held back because the assumption was that, well, you'd go have a baby and so you'd need maternity leave. And so, you know, you'd need to be replaced for a year and nobody wanted that. So, and they never said it. They always came up with an excuse and someone semi-quietly sued and very quietly won, but it never the the knowledge of that never became widespread things like baby tracking um were well known but sort of an open secret in entertainment and that's why it's great when you see people like you know the woman who played uh Mazikeen in Lucifer have a baby and and Okay, I'm sure she would have wanted more time, but she was the only income earner in her family. So she was back something like four months after she gave birth and she was still wearing sexy clothes. They just went with it. You know, she had an after baby body. She was still smoking. They went with it. Good for them. That's awesome. And that's the sort of stuff we need to see more of. Not this idea that we need to protect and defend women. The idea that women need some sort of unique protection in society is benevolently sexist. The idea that women deserve to be defended more than men is benevolently sexist. And that's why I defend guys who are being picked on. Part of it is I'm just like, let me out of hold my beer. And that's my inclination. But... Also, like, let's face it, women, we cannot say we believe in equality and not back up guys when they're being attacked. Because upper body strength doesn't apply in battles of words and picking on someone for admitting they have a mental health condition. Emphasis on admitting. And this is where the insidious stuff happens, right? And this is why I'm focusing this video on this. So if you have this idea that women are somehow more virtuous than men, that is sexist. If you're pulling the you a mom, though, that's sexist. Why? 
because there's nothing a man can do in terms of dress that, you know, does anybody think that Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Universe, uh, Mr. Olympia, Mr. I don't remember what title he won, probably both, but that's not appropriate for children, right? Male underwear models like, oh my God, their kids are going to see that someday. We don't do that. That's sexist. It is. It is. There's no denying it. Oh, but that's just the way the world works. Yes, the way the world works is sexist. But then things like expecting men to just tough through things in a way that women aren't. That's also sexist. And that drove me crazy when I was a games journalist. Every time I think about throwing my hat in the in the ring back in sort of the establishment pool, I go, no, remember what you went for, through. Remember why you got out. Because that idea that if a guy wrote an op-ed that was spicy and got hammered, it was all, oh yeah, you really pissed him off, backslapping, good job, man. Like, yeah, you really showed them. But then when a woman wrote a spicy take and do got dogpiled, it was all, nobody said anything. Are you okay? Are you okay? Do you need anything? And I'm like, what the fuck, man? That was always my, what the fuck? You wrote a hot take and got dogpiled two fucking weeks ago. Was anybody expected to ask you if you were fucking okay? No, do not do that to me. I shit bigger than you. That's my honest reaction. Am I proud of it? No, not the most diplomatic, but it pissed me off. It felt so condescending. But guys are expected to drop hot takes and take the heat. And women are like, oh, are you okay? You were harassed. It's like, fuck, man. Certain things you know are third rails. And when you touch them, you do it knowing you're going to rustle some jimmies. The noise is a feature, not a bug. But because it's treated as very different things, when it comes to who gets to write about things, including women's issues, they give the articles that get the most attention to men because they don't want women to get harassed. To the point that during the whole Gamergate thing, I was pitching freelance articles to various things about women in gaming and what's considered appropriate criticism. And I think we've covered that enough says the major gaming websites. Um, and all those articles were written by men. None of them had been written by women and it was about women, but covered it enough. That is fucking sexist. And the left does it all the time. Now, the right does the wife and mother shit plenty too. But if a woman is willing to be batshit crazy on the right... Ann Coulter, you know, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, as long as they bring in the money, they're tolerated. The minute they become a liability, they're gone. Now, that's true for men as well. Remember that guy who, uh, he, was a, he, he used a wheelchair. I don't remember his name. He had two last names. Um, but he was all good, even though he was a moron until 
he called out the gay coke parties in the Republican Party. And then all of a sudden, all the dirt came out on him and he was gone. Um, They do that to everybody. So in a way, even though Republican policies are way more unequal, their, their treatment of their own people is sort of more egalitarian than what you know, the, the left does, which, you know, it's not accidental that the four most prominent members of the squad, yeah, there are other members of the squad, including one guy, but you never hear about him because people don't want to criticize AOC using, for instance, the cost of airport food to talk about the general cost of living. If I have to explain why that's asinine, we don't have all the, we don't have enough time. And this is the thing. And it's easy to say, well, I'd treat a man the same way. It's much harder to really dig deep and go, no, I wouldn't. And I find this, I find this myself. I have to constantly check myself. And and this is the balance between understanding how women are socialized because it didn't take with me. And going easy on women in a way that doesn't help them as a manager. Because as, you know, if it's a guy and he's doing something that needs to be corrected, I'm like, hey, going forward, this, this, this. And I know it's usually going to be no problem. I know with women that is going to hit way harder. And it's not just hormonal. Because I do find that trans women I have worked with get much less stung by comments like that. And they're on the same hormones as cisgender women. But they have the experience of knowing that a fair manager has to check you sometimes. It's not the end of the world. They don't think you're terrible. You're not a failure. They are telling you, we're okay going forward make these corrections but with women's socialization that it's usually not face value they'll say hey could you be a little quieter when what they really mean is stop talking now and if you don't add the nine thousand pounds of nuclear fission to the, can you be a little quieter? They're going to ostracize you and smear your name. Yes, girl world sucks and is awful. And this is the balance you have to do as a manager. You have to recognize that socialization. So you can't treat women, people who are raised female, people who were socialized female, you can't treat them the same way as you do a cisgender man. You just can't. Um, Because the way your message is going to land 
is very different. You have to enforce the same boundaries and you have to make the same corrections, but you have to recognize your, your communications are going to land differently. And you got to be careful with trans women. I find it more with trans women than trans men. Uh, but you, you do have to be aware that trans men went through the girl gauntlet. And so be aware. But with, with trans women, if you treat them, if you manage them the way you manage a, manage a cisgender woman, I have found they get pissed off at you for condescending or handling them with kid gloves. And that's all real. And so the, the goal, the challenge is to treat everybody equally. And that means understanding the programming they were subjected to and working accordingly. And that is very, very hard if you're not like me and have lived in both worlds. You know, I have more male interests and I, I hate that it's it's done this way, but it is. And because I had more guy interests growing up, I spent a lot more time with guys. And so I learned the guy social codes. And then, you know, come seventh or eighth grade where that was... You know, it got it got you labeled a dyke in a bad way. I use that word specifically because it's not just, oh, you're a lesbian. It's a bad thing. Um, you're weird. Get a, Don't look at us when we're changing. Ew, you're you're a freak. Um, you know, you get shoved back into girl world around seventh or eighth grade and you have to run that gauntlet. And oh, my God, that sucks. Uh, and then you, you know, you survive that. And once you hit like 11th grade, you can go back to just hanging out with the people you want to hang out with. Now, individual mileage varies. I'm very happy to hear that there's more um, co-ed, as we used to say, uh, you know, mixed gender stuff now in the seventh or eighth grades. But it, it's a lessening of the division. It's not an elimination of the division. Because adults get so freaky of, oh, we don't want the girls to get pregnant. Unless they're Lauren, Lauren Boebert's daughter-in-law. Are they married? I'm not sure. Uh, but we don't want the girls to get pregnant. And so it's a keep your legs closed by proxy messy message that is given to teen girls, which men are dangerous. Men are predators. You can't even use the same change rooms to try on jeans because men are so dangerous, right? That's the shit we sell. And so, of course, girls are going to get into college afraid of the world. And the fucked up thing is that actually makes girls more vulnerable to predators. And so then they have terrible fucking experiences in college. And way too many girls and some guys are horrendously sexually assaulted by the time they graduate and then they have to go to work these are real so being not sexist is not just about treating everyone equally being anti-sexist if you will is about 
getting to know individuals and treating them the way that is going to allow them to one, understand what you're telling them, two, feel supported within reason. And I say within reason because if somebody is manipulating you, you have to set boundaries. You gotta be fair. But fair means recognizing that depending on what country someone comes from, what socioeconomic bracket they came up in, like it's all different, right? And that involves putting time into getting to know people and getting to know the individual reality of their experience and managing them in the way that's going to make them the best they can possibly be and not trying to force them to do shit that is just not them, never going to be them. We can work on certain things, but not their strength. Don't set people up to fail. And the more I work with people, the more I realize you can't make any assumptions going in. I mean, oh, come on, focus camera. The the one thing that was fascinating to me with the men's group is um, that the word support landed like a clunker. And women love being told they'll be supported. Oh, support, support groups, this sounds great. Men? Nope, it was a combination of, nope, that's weakness, but also it's a red flag because groups focused on support in the experience of a great many men were uh, emotional gaslighting gauntlets. So don't complain because you're privileged. And so a guy isn't going to show up to a men's oriented group with the word support in it because they think they're going to be lectured about white, straight, cisgender male privilege. And I don't want to do that because quite frankly, that doesn't do any good. It makes more sense to start giving guys permission to feel and permission to speak in an emotional language. And I find that that eliminates what I call accidental sexism. The fact that guys think they always have to have a fact-based argument instead of going, look, this bothers me. I don't know why, but can we slow down, please? And that's in a non-toxic group, the better answer. The tough part comes when it is a toxic environment because you're going to get mocked for that. And that's where the practice comes in. This is what I had to learn as, a, as somebody who I said, I almost said as a guy, you know, I was playing Crystal Castles and Metroid with, with boys when I was nine. Um, yeah, they came out in the same year, didn't they? I may be a little off on Crystal Castles. No, Metroid was... Crystal Castles was grade five. I know that. I think Metroid was grade three, but I maybe misremember. Anyway, total derail gaming memories. But I've been in like male environments and the straightforwardness back then was great. 
the straightforwardness is not what millennial guys got. And that's not fair. And detangling that works much better than lecturing about privilege because I truly believe that if you just, and the reason I do this content is because if you show that we're really not that different, we were both, we were just taught different sets of rules. And yes, people have different preferences, but that does not make something better or worse. You know, the whole Barbieheimer thing tickles me because it's, it, it, it is anti-counter-programming. So they, oh, you can put Barbie out in this, the Barbie movie out in the same weekend as Oppenheimer because nobody's going to want to see both. And that one, a lot of people are like, I want to see both. I think they, they really missed the gay male overlap on that one. <laughs> um, I admit, when the, bar when the first Barbie trailer dropped, I'm like, nope, not interested. And every trailer I see, I'm like, yeah, I'll probably see that. But I admit, I'm more interested in Oppenheimer. But I want to see both. Um... And yes, there, there are going to be head-to-head -head some weekends, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm very, very interested to see how that goes. But yeah, there's no easy way to know, you know, there's no simple test for sexism because it's really easy to go, I treat a man the exact same way. Whether you actually would, though, is much more complicated. And I've caught myself. I really have to stop myself going easier on women than men. Because we're trained that's nice. We're trained that's what you're supposed to do. But it's wrong. And there have been instances where it has been absolutely heartbreaking because I've had to be tough on a woman I'm mentoring and I absolutely believe in them. And I know it's killing them because nobody has treated them that way before in a way that didn't mean basically the relationship was done. They were about to be ostracized, but they need to have that first experience of somebody going, no, no. I believe in you, which is why I'm not letting you off the hook here. If you're going to run away, go ahead, but I am not going to let you go easy. And it's painful and it's miserable and it's exhausting. And I do it. Why? Because it's exactly what I do for a guy. Similarly, I will have the emotional conversations with guys. I check in on guys and go, are you okay? That was taught to me by... Uh, a guy who works with first responders and the families of people, uh, families of first responders who died by suicide. The are you okay? Actually checking in and giving, giving men in helping professions that ear to say, it's okay to not be. You know, you can be Clark Kent sometimes. You don't have to be Superman all the time. That's powerful. And that, that was taught to me there. And I do it. And, you know, you get the, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. You sure? Because it's okay if you're not. Just, I, I can just, if you want me to say nothing, I can. 
I just want you to be able to talk if you need to. And even if they don't, they appreciate that. So I'll stop here. This was a long one. Check out the GoFundMe. Help support this channel. Become a monthly patron. Patreon.com slash Leanna K. Or buy a one-time Leanna Care session for someone to use it but can't afford it. We need three more this week. Three more to meet our goal. Kofi.com slash Leanna K. And the GoFundMe that is just launching now. More on that in the coming weeks. Thanks for watching a very long Manly Mondays.